following program is brought to you in living color on NBC. Hey, where y'all at? It is a thrill. I love this show. You're telling me a big fat lot. I was hoping for funny crazy. I will get on stage on Broadway and I will reenact the rantings of Charlie Sheen one day. Think you can replace me with some other guy? Go ahead. It won't be the same. Tis mightiest in the mightiest. Do not bring Shakespeare into this. You're so smart. Oh, really? Well, so are you. And yes, the rumors are true. They smoke, they drink, they use bad language in mixed company. They're extremely rich and they can flash more bling than most posses in this room. I know exactly who that is. That's the mother that loses every goddamn game. That's Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Get rid of him. Wow. Bros, come on. I love you, bros. Does everybody have to be crazy today? Now get me, Savior! On second down, pressure comes. Howell's in trouble, sprints out and finds Robinson down the sideline. And Robinson on the run. He's going to take it all the way for a Washington touchdown. From the 19 on first down, Howell with Maffei in his face, floats it to the sideline. Gibson with the catch. Gibson with a Washington touchdown. It's like this. Quick, easy completion here. Gets a fourth and manageable. Third down and 10. Howell scanning the field, throwing over the middle. It's caught at the fifth hole. Deami Brown, he'll take it to the house for the touchdown. Snaps it, spikes it, and Seattle with a chance to win it. Jason Myers for the Seattle win. Good snap. Good hold. Good kick. Seattle wins it. 29-26. The but I mean, how can you be mad? You really can't be after a game like that. Welcome to the show, everybody. It's the Bob Matthews Podcast. We are delighted that you are along with us. As we record this, uh, the Commanders are headed out for practice. It is a classic case looking back on it after watching all the tape and looking at all the statistics and the grades of a moral victory, as much as we hate to use that hackneyed cliche. But it is, and I'm going to tell you why in one second. By the way, uh, in just a few minutes, our good friend Chris Russell, the Rooster, is going to join us for the Team 980 in Washington. But before we get to Rooster, let me give you my thoughts on that. So why is it that it was a moral victory? I think you probably know, most of the folks that are listening to this show right now would uh, know that it is because the commanders, after about 30 years, have finally found themselves a quarterback. That's right. Sam Howell is the guy. Now, I know a lot of you out there are saying, well, he might be the guy, could be the guy, possibly is the guy, very possibly might be the guy. No, he's the guy, and I'm I'm going to tell you why. Now, admittedly, and I have said this many times before, I am in the tank for Sam because I've got two Tar Heels that I live with, one an undergraduate daughter and the other my wife. However, be that as it may, you just have to look at the statistics and the grades, and you can see that Sam Howell has done nothing but get better this entire season. As a matter of fact, if you you look at his performance from opening week until the middle of the season, it was it was kind of up and down. But you want to see growth out of a guy that's been there for you know that's that's making his what this week will be his eleventh start of the year, and there has been. Uh, in fact, uh, of his top five performances so far, uh, three of them have come from week six and beyond. Uh, the kid gets it, and he's going to keep getting it. 
one of the things that that I, I looked at, you know, you watched the game last week, and you could tell that this whole thing just isn't too big for him. Regardless of what you thought of last week's game against Seattle, Sam Howell wasn't the reason they didn't win. He was not on the field for and had no control over the game-deciding play, uh, which was the long pass that set up Seattle's uh, winning game-winning field goal. He brought that team back twice, twice in the last seven minutes of the game and tied the score. They had a chance to go into overtime. It was just getting, getting the defense to make a stop, and the defense, unfortunately, couldn't do that. So now at four and six, the rest of the year is all about developing Sam Howell, and there's a lot that you got to like about him. I mean, just last week, finished his final numbers with 29 of 44, 312 yards. Uh, sacked three times, yeah, not great, but a hell of a lot better than it has been. And a rating of 109.3 with a QBR of 51, which, again, is above average. You look at his PFF grade, uh, it was 68.4. And remember, 60 is considered average. As a matter of fact, the only two games which he hasn't been at least an average starting quarterback was the blowout to Buffalo and then the nightmare against the New York Giants. Everything, every other performance he's turned in has been, at least according to PFF, above average. This kid's got what it takes, trust me. And it's going to be a lot of fun to see him develop here the rest of the year and into next year. Who his coach is going to be next year, who knows – but uh, it, it, I think it's exciting, and the one and most important thing you take out of Seattle is that Sam Howell is your starting quarterback for at least the next three or four years and possibly beyond that. When we come back, the Rooster is going to join us from the nation's capital, and a word of warning, we may very well be taking this show to the moon and back. That's next. It's the Bob Matthews Podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network. But DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even better than ever. Bet 5 bucks on any game this week and score $200 instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every single game day this October and this November as well. As a matter of fact, looking ahead to... Thursday night football this week. The Titans are getting three points in Pittsburgh. You got an over-under of uh, 115. Uh, I'm sorry, the over-under is 36.5. My bad. Uh, Steelers are giving up three points. As for the Commanders, they have opened as an early three-point underdog on the road against New England. So get in on game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code THPN. And new customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets. That's when you bet five on the NFL. It's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 
Licensed partner, Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, Louisiana, 21 and up. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Now, it might be too early to start decorating for the holidays, but it is never too early to start your holiday shopping. And why not take care of it now before the crowds of the packed calendars make shopping a complete and utter nightmare, especially when you get some of the best deals of the season well before Black Friday. That's why Raycon wants you to shop their products right now and save up to 50% off because of their early Black Friday sale that's going on right now. That's right. I said 50% off. Now, you've heard me talk about Raycon's products before, primarily the earbuds. And the earbuds are fantastic. They got two models of those out now. Uh, actually, four when you think about it. You got the Everyday and the Fitness earbuds. You got the Impact earbuds and the Gaming earbuds. They start at 79 bucks, And they've also got a ton of other products now, including PowerTech, Home tech, you can get an air purifier for them if you want. You want a, 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 pure, a faucet filter? Yeah, they got those too. They've got portable speakers. They've got headphones. Raycon has it all and with superior quality and just a fraction of the cost of some of those other brands that are out there, if you know what I mean. Oh, I didn't mention uh, their Magic 180 cables. Yeah, five-star reviewed. You can charge I, uh, iOS devices. It's got micro USB Type-C devices, eight times faster with the 100-watt power delivery. Raycon is known for delivering high-quality, thoughtful features at half the price of the other premium tech brands. So it's no wonder their products have racked up tens of thousands of five-star reviews. And to get everybody in the holiday shopping spirit a little early, Raycon is currently offering 20% off everything on their site with select products up to 50% off. So beat the crowds now, save now. Trust me, you do not want to miss out on Raycon's early Black Friday sale. Hurry now to buyraycon.com slash THPN. Get 20 to 50% off site-wide. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score up to 50% off Raycon products. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Yeah, here come the rooster. Yeah. Okay, boys and girls, you know what that walk-up music means. Chris Russell, Team 980 in D.C. joins us now. Rooster. How are we today? Uh, my friend, how are you? I am well. Before we uh, before we get talking about the Commanders, little inside baseball. So I'm in Cincinnati the other week. One of my kids goes to CCM, humble brag, one of the best music schools in the country, of course. I see, this, I see this chicken place with a rooster on <laughs> it. And I know you've got some Ohio roots. Is this mm-hmm. where the, the, the nickname comes from? No, but it's uh, you're 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 talking about uh, Rooster's um, uh, what are they called Rooster's Barn Grill or whatever you know. something like that. Yeah, because um, yeah, they have one in Canton, which is where my kids live. So it's a Midwestern chain. I'm very familiar with it. I've eaten there. I don't know, probably ten times over the last you know eight years or so uh, mm-hmm. since my kids have moved to Canton. But no, unfortunately, that is not where 
the old rooster nickname comes from. Uh, if you want that story, I'm more than happy to tell you. Uh, do we we have a second here? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, I I have a real name that I don't use on the radio because of a conflict uh, with a guy who screams a lot on ESPN's first take on Wednesday mornings uh, with Stephen A. Smith. Okay. So um, back when I started doing national overnight radio, when I was 26, 27, and I had a whole lot more energy than I do now, I would yell a lot and I would do overnights on a lot of radio stations across America. And somebody just called up and said, you know, you should nickname yourself the rooster. I like it. I like it. Now, too bad. It Either wasn't. keeping us up or you're waking us up. And I said, hmm. I said, okay, that makes sense. So then I started an email address um, that was, that incorporated the rooster into it. Right. And um, a, an ex colleague of mine, Chad Dukes, who I no longer do radio with for various reasons, um, here in DC saw that email address and thought it was the funniest thing in the world and just started calling me rooster. And here we are six, seven years later. And you know, a lot of people just call me rooster. So there you go. It makes sense. You know, it's too bad. It wasn't the other guy that came up with the nickname. Cause I could have heard the conversation now, Chris, I'm here to tell you, Chris, you gotta go by the rooster. You gotta go by the rooster. I got monkey over here and I got the rooster over here. <laughs> That's not bad. That's not bad. It's That's okay. not bad. What are you talking about, Bobby? You've got to be kidding me. You're a disgrace. You're a choke this for thinking down, that. This will go down in the annals of American history. <laughs> in the annals. Best mad dog line ever. Oh, <laughs> I know you. Folks, he's got a long drive home, so he's got all day, trust me. <laughs> I forgot about any Oh, that was the best. <laughs> oh man, that was so many funny lines. Yes, uh, and, yes. And, and those that are not aware, and more people are aware, you know, of course, because he does first take uh, on Wednesdays, and uh, and because he's done a national radio show for a long time, most people are aware of the voice and the inflections and all of that stuff. But it used to be just New Yorkers. That were kind of familiar with that. So when I would do that as an impersonation and do my thing and whatever, you know, not as many people would know about that. But anyway, uh, so, yeah, that's the, that's the whole story. Uh, it is a I'm, by the way, if you're ever at a Roosters, um, uh, you know, restaurant in the in the Midwest, mm -hmm. let's call it Michigan, Ohio. Uh, where did you say your kid goes to school? Cincinnati, right? Cincinnati. Um, yep. You know, so really, again, if you get a chance, really good wings, uh, good food, uh, not bad on the prices at all. Uh, if you're looking for a fun place to go, I would definitely highly recommend it. Not just because they have the name and a big rooster on their menu. And he's not getting paid for that as far as I know, folks. So that's you exactly. That. Exactly. I've all tried. Right. I've tried. No oh, interest. I'm sure. I, well, that's their loss. What can I say? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's. Let's get to some football. Um, you know, it. one of the things that really struck me when looking at all the tape, listening to all the, you know, all the comments afterwards, I heard you on with, with B. Mitch and Finley yesterday. And I mean, let's be fair. You are, and and rightly so, a, a very tough critic. Um, and I was really impressed with the fact that, or it really stuck with me that 
you gave Sam Howell a pretty good grade relative Uh to is he the future of the team? I thought he has been for a while, but I'm completely in the tank for him because the other kid is a Tar Heel and my wife is a Tar Heel. So I've watched too much of his football. But, you know, hearing you say it, that lets me know that maybe I'm not quite as out there as I thought I was. No, I, I don't think you are. And, you know, uh, I hope I answer this right because you dipped out there for a sec. But, you know, <laughs> b- the, the bottom line is, is I, and I don't remember what number I gave him, I think a 78.5 or something like that mm-hmm. uh, out of, a, you know, 100 or whatever the number was. And, and, and listen, I mean, at times, you know, I think as we all have, right, because it's such a referendum league, it's such a week to week, quarter to quarter, half to half type league. At times I've been, you know, frustrated by Sam and why he couldn't get rid of the football and some of the dumb mistakes he make. And and I always had to remind myself, even when frustrated, he's still a young kid. He's still a rookie plus quarterback learning a new offensive system, working with a first time play caller in an organization that's still uh, while it's not the cesspool that it used to be. It's still rebuilding. It's still reloading. It's still reshaping. You know, and there's a lot there to process at a high rate of speed. And then I see the last three games and, you know, I was at his really last bad game in New York against the Giants. Bob, you remember, I mean, they just blitzed him from, you know, pillar to post up the middle at first off the edges. And who knows, maybe the Giants will do that. I'm sure they will again this Sunday because what do they have to lose? Right. (laughs) Not much. The bottom line is, is. Yeah, the maybe it was the familiarity with Philadelphia. I don't know. Maybe it's just logic and working together and snaps and practice and more reps and more meetings and more time and a hardworking kid, right? You don't have Sam Howell out howling at the moon at your local, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, watering part. hole, you know, until two in the morning, like you've had with some quarterbacks that have you know, played here. You know, you have a serious young man here, serious about his craft, who is blessed to have a pretty darn good arm, pretty good accuracy. And I would also say for his size and body frame, I've always thought he had pretty darn good mobility and he can hold up. Now, anybody can get injured, but he can hold up a little bit more than, say, like a Bryce Young body type. which to me is not something I would want to do in today's NFL. Sam can hold up because he's a little thicker, barrel-chested, what have you. And we've seen that on the 23-yard run in Foxborough last week. We've seen that even on the 15-yard fumble um, the other day in Seattle. We've seen him being able to take some shots and break tackles and, and roll and keep churning and whatnot. So to me, when you combine all of that, and maybe this is just recency bias of the last three games, I I, I hope it's not. But when you see what's happened the last three games on the road in a tough, you know, environment, certainly in Seattle, and I would still say even in Foxborough, and against a team that was a hair away from winning the Super Bowl, it's hard to sit here and say, nope, Sam's not the guy. I've got major questions. He's, I'm still 50-50 on him. Maybe I'm a little too high. Sounds like we're in the same neighborhood. Maybe we're a little too high. But I'd rather be in the neighborhood that we're in than just being negative to be negative when I, I don't see the reason to be negative. And what I mean by that is, you know, again, and I'll, I'll wrap this up, is – Like, he's shown me more potential in training camp. In training camp and in the preseason in a couple of spots, 
than I have seen out of really, quite honestly, anybody they brought down the pike here in a while since Kirk really, you know, outside of when Kirk really kind of kicked into full gear. I'm sorry. I just haven't seen that anywhere else. And so I was high-ish on him coming in, and the last three games have kind of stamped that in my mind. Yeah, you know, I, th- I think a lot of it is is the fact that people say, well, he's a he's a fifth round draft pick, which I don't buy that because there are so many, uh, you know, there's so many exceptions to that year that right. he was drafted. The one thing that has really grabbed my attention, though, the last two losses the commanders have is you can't really pin those on Howell, not in crunch time. You know, when mm-hmm. they've needed him. To prolong the game, he's been able to do it. It was the defense yeah. that kind of let him down both times, not yep. Sam Howell. Yeah, no, I I think you're right. Um, you know, at, at the 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 end of the Philadelphia game, there was the one turnover, and I'm trying to remember the situation. I know it was deep in Washington territory. Was that a Sam interception? I I, I want to say that. It might have been, but you know, I better, yeah, I, I mean, I have to yeah. double check that, but so I don't want to say definitively, but that sounds about right in my mind. But then he comes right back and leads a 75 yard drive exactly. to Jamison Crowder, you know, a money throw in the corner of the end zone uh, where only Jamison could get it. And all of a sudden they have a chance again. Right. Uh, exactly. And then the exactly. Seattle game the other night, I mean, throws the big touchdown to Antonio Gibson. I love how he threw it with anticipation Um, You know, I mentioned this on the radio show yesterday, you know, watching Antonio release right away from the snap of the ball and run around the right end and basically run, you know, what I would call a seven route. Maybe it's a corner route, whatever, uh, against Bobby Wagner, granted, linebacker, but one of the better linebackers of the last decade in the NFL to see him abuse that. But really to see Sam make the read, make the decision, release the football before he actually, meaning Gibson, before he totally torches Bobby Wagner, I think is just like the sign that this kid is confident, that he knows he can rip it, he knows where it's got to go, he knows where it's got to be, and he's, again, throwing with better anticipation. Now, maybe that's not going to be every throw, but to me, that's what I saw out of that. And then when you throw on, and I think it was, you know, J.P. Finley that had, the behind the line of scrimmage throw uh, to Diami Brown the other day to tie up the game. I mean, my God, but you know, I'm sure you've seen that angle by now. Maybe you haven't, whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. But for those that have, watch where he throws that ball. Watch the window that he puts that ball. He puts it into the Bermuda Triangle, and it's like bam. And you know, like there's sometimes where you have to put the ball in risk and jeopardy in the NFL. And because you're throwing with timing and anticipation, and this was, again, an anticipation and timing throw into a crowded window um, in, in every direction around Diami, and he threw a dart. And to me, you know, Diami certainly deserves credit, but to me, those two throws that I've seen, you know, here um, make me go, you know what? This kid not only has potential, I think he's right on the precipice of being a upper echelon quarterback. And I would go so far to say right here, right now, and again, this is subject to change. Outside of CJ Stroud, name me a better young, youngish quarterback, mm-hmm. you know, young defined as maybe two years and under. Name me a better 
quarterback besides C.J. Stroud two years and under in the NFL. Oh, absolutely. I think if he was a second or third round pick, we wouldn't be having the questions about him that we, yeah. that we are right now. Yeah. Um, you are out in Ashburn um, from time to time during the season. Uh, you're in the locker room after the game. You're around the team a lot. Uh, hopefully we'll be back up there this week, but that's another story with the PR department. We'll go into it. Uh, <laughs> but Ron Rivera, uh, has has Ron lost this locker room yet? I, I mean, you know, are, are the guys still buying into what he's selling or are we start, are we starting to see any kind of frustration from the guys? Um, you know, look, I, I don't, I, I don't want to say that I'm in there as much as I used to, uh, used to be. So I don't want to give the wrong impression, but you know, from time to time I'm around and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky enough to have people that I talk to that have, you know, that are there and are around and have a better sense of these things. And the sense and the feeling that I get <coughs> is they still believe in this coaching staff and they still believe that they're just a hair away from winning a bunch of these games. And theoretically that is true. And for the most part, I would also say you see it in their, in their effort overall that they're not just going out there and going through the motions. Um, They've even gotten better at, at the way they've started these games after being so horrific in that area for the first part of this year. And even last year and the year before that, they've gotten a little bit better in that area. So I give them credit for that. Uh, of course, they fell apart late in the back half of the third quarter and fourth quarter against Seattle. But it's hard to blame the effort there, right? It's just right. execution. It's not having Emmanuel Forbes. It's not having Cody Barton and having to put David, you know, hold the mustard, not the mayo uh, out there and the Seahawks smartly picking on him. Uh, it, it's a combination of things. So I don't see them at this point quitting on Del Rio, on, uh, on, on, on Ron, certainly not on Eric. Um, but I would say there's a high level of frustration and there should be, if there wasn't, I don't know what you would need more than that. But here's the thing, like Jonathan Allen and others can be so frustrated and they can talk a mean game and they can say all the right things, Bob, but does it change anything? Does it change anything? Mm -hmm. And until you get more turnovers, until you, do better in the little areas, um, you know, not giving up six back-to-back -back weeks, 64-yard touchdowns to not pedestrian backs, but to physical backs in Kenneth Walker III and Ramondre Stevenson. Again, that this isn't Devin A-Chain. This isn't, you know, uh, Saquon Barkley even. Um, this is Kenneth Walker III, who's a good back, but he's a physical back carved up 64-yard touchdown pass and run, and guys were quitting on that play. Jay Gruden pointed this out to me yesterday. The former head coach, he got, he didn't name them, um, but guys quit on that particular play in the backfield, in the defensive backfield, I should say, in his eyes, in his evaluation. So, again, I would say this. They are still playing hard for this crew. They're not playing well, or they're not playing well enough, and they're not playing smart enough, and there's always problems, but I don't view it as they've quit or they're about to quit on this particular coaching staff.
Man, that is interesting. And I'll tell you what, if they could bottle that and sell it, they could make a lot of money doing that, results aside. Um, so, you know, obviously we know what what all the talk is. Everybody's talking about it. We assume that it's a fait accompli that Ron and Jack are are out at the end of the year. Do you think how do you think it it does play out? Um, as far as the head coach goes, everybody a lot of people think that Eric Bieniemy should finally get the shot here. I'm one of them because I'm like, what more does does the guy have to do to to prove that he can run a team? And yet it's just not realistic, I don't think, thinking that a, a GM is going to want to take the job saying, hey, here's your head coach. Right. Yeah, I mean, that. I mean, I mean, that's certainly a, a tough situation. All right, let's work through this. I don't see them any being realistically any better than seven and ten. Right. Maybe they surprise me and they're eight and nine, you know, Maybe. but the 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 chances that they're going to go nine or forget about 10 wins the the fact that they're you know the chances that they're going to go nine wins which would mean oh by the way at four and six right four yeah four and six yeah. you know it, to get to nine wins they would need five out of seven against a schedule that includes miami at home dallas on a short week on the road on thanksgiving um the san francisco 49ers the dallas cowboys at home and and, oh, by the way, Aaron Rodgers says he plans to be back full-time with the Jets, like, in a week and playing by mid-December. Now, again, I don't know if that will happen, but there's a good chance that Aaron Rodgers now plays on Christmas Eve day at home against the Commanders as the third-to-last game. Uh, so, again, I don't see this team getting to nine wins, never mind ten wins. Um, I, I think they would be very fortunate to get to an eight, eight and one type situation that they had last year, more realistically seven and 10. So that being said, if they're seven and 10, I mean, clearly there's no, I, I, I like I would be befuddled if Josh Harrison, his ownership group looks around and says, Nope, this is what we're staying with. This is what we're doing. Let's roll it back. Another chance. Give these boys. I, I'd be stunned by that. Um, yeah. Again, never want to advocate for somebody's firing, um, but I'd be stunned by that. So that being said, that leaves us with probably a new head coach, a new GM, what have you. Now, when you say, well, a new GM doesn't want to be saddled with his offense or with, with a head coach or whatever, and Eric the enemy, what would happen if Eric Bieniemy, who I believe is under contract, right? He he signed a new contract with the Commanders to come over here. I can't imagine he just signed a one-year deal and exposed himself like that. So I assume he's got more than one year left on the contract, which means he ain't going anywhere until somebody fires him, mm. right? So the new GM could come in and say, okay, let's let's do this. Let's interview Eric Bieniemy for the head coaching job. Maybe we like somebody better. Maybe we hire that that head coach, and maybe that head coach decides to move on from Bieniemy, or maybe Bieniemy does get the head coaching position that he's been trying to get. And and obviously, I mean, look, that would be great for him. And and I don't think anything anybody would would stand in the way unless the Commanders are like, no, no, no. This is the guy we can't afford to lose because of his relationship with Sam, because of not wanting Sam to have to go through a third different system change. We're going to put him as the head coach. So there's options on the table, including him staying as offensive coordinator. If he doesn't get a head coaching job and if the new GM and if the new head coach determine, hey, you know what? This is a guy we'd like to move forward with. 
in this role as an assistant head coach and offensive coordinator, just under a different structure and under different leadership. It's a sticky wicket because there's there is plenty there are plenty of reasons to keep him. It's just the situation that you know that he finds himself in. I'm gonna yeah. be interested. I'm really interested to see how that plays out. Yeah, it's that- gonna be fascinating. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna. I mean, I don't know if it'll happen before the end of the year, meaning finding out Ron and Jack's fate and, and the Marty party and all that stuff. I mean, because there's a couple of natural windows here, you know, such as after Thanksgiving, the mm-hmm. bye week, when they're mathematically eliminated, so on and so forth. But it is going to be really interesting from, say, probably mid-December on uh, and 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 for a while after that to see how this team reshapes itself. Yeah. I, I've always said, I think they're more interesting when, when they're losing like this. Uh, I, of course I, I oh, yeah. might be a masochist, but that I just, I think yeah. it's more interesting from a, from a journalistic standpoint. Yeah. Hey, and listen, uh, you know, we can't, we can't rule this out real quickly. I mean, yeah. I know there's been plenty of Belichick speculation, oh, you know, God, trying no. to connect the dots and all that, but I guess Dan Orlovsky, I didn't hear him say this, but I was told he said this on ESPN today that Belichick, you know, with all these smoke and mirrors about Belichick leaving New England, smoke and not smoke and mirrors, smoke mm. and, you know, whatever, uh, fire, I guess is the term I was looking for about Belichick leaving New England. Apparently, According to Orlovsky, he's got his next team already identified and as the coach and the GM. And I mean, logic would tell you, I mean, there's not many choices here. No. And the commanders would be one of them in all likelihood. Just what just what this organization needs. Yet another recycled uh, coach, even though he's won six Super Bowls, it's been a while. I don't I don't know. It, ha- it has been. It has been. But I would also add this. You know, look, is Belichick the same quarterback, uh, the same head coach without the quarterback? Of course not. Without Tom Brady, of course not. But I, I would say this, Bob, nobody is. Nobody is. You know, like Bruce Arians was a good head coach. But I mean, there were plenty of times where Bruce Arians wasn't the magician that he was. When Tom Brady shows up at your front door, you know, and wins the Super Bowl his first year and only year, as it turns out, with Bruce in Tampa. Um, so, so I, I, again, I, I would say this, that, you know, I, I don't know if this scenario is going to work out. I don't think head coach and general manager is the right way to go. But, you know, I, I was thinking about this. You know, look, Bill's got plenty of people, plenty of people that are currently out of work in the NFL that he could surround himself with plenty of people. And I mean, you know, one of them is Josh McDaniels, who was just fired as the Raiders head coach. Um, And one of them is Dave Ziegler, who was fired as the Raiders general manager. And don't forget, he's got um, the guy down in, uh, in Atlanta that used to be the uh, GM Thomas Dimitrov, who came from Bill's tree in new England. He's out of work. And, You've got um, still Scott Pioli who can help you out. And he's got, you know, Matt Patricia who could come back and help out on defense. And who knows if he wants to really dig deep, he can go back to Charlie Weiss and Romeo (laughs) Cornell. And you can re-strike up the band and maybe they can convince Tom Brady to anomaly season. (laughs) But you get the point. There's plenty of people to help him. It wouldn't just be about Bill running the entire show, even though he would be running the entire show. And, you know, now that I think about it, Belichick going one-on-one with the rooster in some of those press conferences could be fire. 
<laughs> I think he will have met his match there. I think the rooster would be uh, very bored by oh. Bill Belichick on a regular basis. I, I think the rooster might snap at one point, and, and well, <laughs> it would be well-deserved if he does. All right, last question before we get before we get out of here, because uh, I've kept you long enough, but um, the Giants this weekend, you know, I, I actually went on somebody else's show before the first Giants game and said, no, I'm picking the Giants to win. We are in the same place, it seems like we are, every single solitary year with this stinking matchup saying, oh, now this time it's totally going to be different. There's no way they can lose this game, the Commanders. Right. Right? right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I mean, first of all, kudos to you. Good pick. I was scared to death of that game up at the Meadowlands. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, I thought the Commanders would escape with a very, very, and I mean, razor-tight win. Um, and, and, and they didn't. And it was ugly. And even though it was only 14-7, I mean, we all know it was ugly. Um, this week, I do feel better about them because of the way Sam Howell and the offense is cooking right now. I, I have to imagine Eric Bieniemy has a better plan for dealing with, again, Wink Martindale and the Blitz, which we all know is coming. Now, remember, they don't have Leonard Williams, who was there in the first matchup, not there anymore. He was just in Seattle, of course, against the Commanders and had a sack. So that is one thing that kind of, you know, rips away a little bit at their armor. But the bottom line is, is I find it hard to fathom, even though this team has thrown up all over itself against the Bears at home, who hadn't won in a full calendar year, uh, and the Giants a couple of weeks ago on the road, in ugly fashion, I find it hard to imagine, Bob, that they can't find a way to figure this one out. I I'm not saying it's going to be pretty. I'm not saying it's going to be effective. I think they look and, and, and they try and run the ball a little bit more to maybe back them out of that blitz, certainly run it more, more than they like to. I think they finally, maybe, hopefully, you would, you, I mean, you're always good about this, and I appreciate you. Um, you know, you're always like, oh, you know, they put out a run fullback on the third play and, you know, run the ball. And, 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 and damn it, they did. And, and while it wasn't effective in the first half, and, and, and people are like, oh, it's not effective. Why, why, why would you run? How do you know what's effective when you only do it five times? Bingo. And, and, and you notice in the second half, when they needed to put some offensive drives together, especially the one offensive drive, it started with the downhill outside zone run. And then you can run whatever you want out of that, including passing plays, but you can be balanced. You can be multidimensional. It's not about ratio. It's not about percentage. It's not about three yards in a cloud of dust. It's not about any, you know, uh, grandpa style, or whatever. It's about not being predictable. It's about wearing a team out over the course of a 60 foot, uh, 60 foot, 60 minute game. It's about leaning on people and getting off on the ball and getting off on the line of scrimmage and imposing your will and keeping everything in your playbook open. And one last thing I'll say again, you can like, why is it that all the number nerds, which is what I call, <laughs> why is it that all the number nerds have no problem with a first and 10 incompletion, but oh, if we have a first and 10 run that only gets us a yard or even no yards, that is the end of, uh, of the universe. Why is that? I, I don't understand that. Mind blown.
Now I'm going to have to think about that all night. <laughs> Chris Russell from Team 980 in D.C. Rooster, thank you so much for joining us as always. We appreciate it. You got it, my friend. Happy holidays. Uh, if we don't talk before Thanksgiving, uh, certainly we'll uh, we'll try and get together. And here's hoping that uh, everything with that situation you were mentioning worked out uh, soon enough. Hey, it's Christmas time almost. The season of miracles, right? You never know. Russ, Rooster, thanks so much. We'll talk to you again soon. Hey, that's going to do it for us. Uh, shout out to the Caps last night. Big win over the Vegas Golden Knights. We will talk about that later in the week because I think we really got something going uh, in Capital Arena right now. Having a great weekend. We'll talk more soon. Remember, like the wise men, we'll finish around your bike tonight. As always, you were white. So many so Hey.